there's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer brand. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is Direct to Consumer by Pilothouse. Welcome to Direct to Consumer by Pilothouse. This episode is a hot seat featuring i1 Organic CEO and founder Mark Samuel, as well as Pilothouse co-founders Dave Steele and Jeff Shannon. Welcome, everyone. Uh, so Mark was already a seasoned entrepreneur in 2016 when he launched Iwan Organics as a healthy protein-filled snack option. Since then, Iwan has just exploded, growing 300% year over year and maybe even more during these quarantines by getting onto the shelves of over 5,000 stores and by growing Iwan's e-commerce business at a really healthy clip month over month uh, during the same period. So as huge fans of snacking, but not huge fans of the way that eating a whole bag of salt and vinegar chips makes us feel. We're thrilled to have Mark Samuels and smart snacking juggernaut I Won Organics on the, hearts, on the hot seat. Welcome, Mark. How you doing? Thanks. Appreciate you guys having me on. It's fantastic. So I first became aware of you on LinkedIn, and I've got, I've got a question here for how brand owners can use LinkedIn to kind of grow their business in a, in a way that you, that you might have, because I know you've got a really good following there. But I just wanted to start if you, just with your sort of entrepreneurial journey in a nutshell and how it led into I1 Organics. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been doing this now for 18 years, at least professionally, in terms of starting companies and uh, being involved as a, as a founder, all in different verticals. I started uh, in real estate finance uh, very early on, had a couple companies in that vertical, and then uh, moved on to inventing a few things in the houseware space and sort of seeing the CPG world and, um, and then got into health and fitness. The last few ventures have been in the health and fitness space, including I1 Organics uh, being a nutrition-based uh, uh, snack company. Uh, I'm a lifelong fitness enthusiast. Uh, I live it. I, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym uh, six days a week or now, now in my garage six days a week. But, um, and I eat a certain way. I, I talk about balanced nutrition, um, have eaten this way for, uh, for 20 years. So um, the last few ventures being in the space that I really, really have a lot of passion for has been a lot easier. Um, and that's how I found my way, uh, found my way in I1 Organics. I wanted to get into the food space. I wasn't sure what it looked like, uh, but prior to 2016's launch, I was looking around and seeing what voids were out there. And I thought that a, uh, a savory snack uh, that was a higher in protein, uh, a little bit higher in fiber with a balanced nutritional profile would be one that we could not only launch, but could be really the foundation to you know, a whole line of snacks um, and foods you know, to grow a really, really uh, strong brand. And so we started that um, in 2016 and here we are doing our thing. Amazing. What were some of the first steps you took to, you know, it's obviously like with potatoes, you slice them up, you put them in a fryer, you know, there's probably some other stuff that goes into it, but you're actually like synthesizing sort of like a new, not a new element, but a little bit. You're, you're trying to create something that has the, the, the feeling of, a, of one of those kinds of snacks, but with a, a much different nutritional profile. How did you actually go about synthesizing this, uh, this snack? Well, we got our ass kicked for two years, and that's me, me specifically because I, I had not been in the food um, space. And so understanding how co-packing and manufacturing works in in and when dealing with different foods and um, specifically with nutritional profiles that looked like ours, um, 
we had a chip, for instance, that, that was our first core product that was higher in protein than what we were aiming for now. Uh, and it just didn't work. The, the taste and texture wasn't where we needed it to be. And we went ahead and launched it. And that's, uh, you know, for those, anybody who's watching this, I mean, you, you, you cannot do that. It's, it's, you know, use me. I mean, leverage off of my mistakes to go about a path that's going to be a little bit easier. Uh, and I say a little bit because there's nothing easy about this business whatsoever. Um, but at least try to, you know, minimize your hurdles. And so um, after really understanding and seeing how different ingredients worked, how they uh, worked within uh, manufacturing using extruders or fryers or the like, um, that was when, you know, when I really discovered, okay, this is what works with this and this is what doesn't work with this. Um, and, and again, keeping to what our foundation is using real food. So the core ingredients of our products are peas and beans and brown rice, at least for now. And, um, and it makes up those, the nutritional profile that we're looking for. So you, you, you had to find the balance um, and, um, and that's what we did, but it took some time to get, to get a hold of it. And it was all trial and error. Like literally you'd get a, 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 you know, you'd put in a formula, you'd have some ideas, you'd work with a, a fabricator. I don't even know. It's like a food. What's the, what's the term for the person that were, for the factory that does that. And then you just taste it and say, that's not quite right. And on and on. Yeah. Somebody could use a food scientist, somebody, you know, there's people in this space who, who would, you know, take, take all the, the time, the months that it took me to say this does work or this really doesn't work. Um, that's not sort of how I go about it. I really like to get my hands in, you know, you know, hands dirty, as they say, right? Um, I like to be involved. I want to know the processes, the steps it takes. I want to educate myself uh, because that's where the value comes through later. Um, you know, where we're at now as a brand and where we can take different snacks and different foods. You know, it's, it, a lot of it's up here now. Um, that I would have never got if I had used somebody who who could sort of just say, no, this is how you're going to do it, and this is when you're going to do it, and this is why you're going to do it. Um, so in short, there are co-packers and manufacturers who um, will help you put together the products, and then you're just going to see, like you said, sort of trial and error. Is this product going to come out the way that you want it? Is it going to taste right? Is the texture there? Can you get the flavor profiles, you know, to work once you've you know, added the seasoning. There's just a, there's just a time frame that it's going to take for you to discover. Very cool. I, I saw one of your posts recently where you were talking about, you know, people have, have grand aspirations when it comes to building products like this. Uh, but you were sort of advising to build deeply to, to, to get a product that you know, that you think tastes good, get it into one store or, uh, you know, just a local area and really test deeply in that area to make sure that it actually has traction before you even think of expanding. That's, that's something you stand by. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're trying to minimize it, go back to, you know, try not to get your ass kicked all the time, right? And, um, and what I really mean by that is, you know, what most don't talk about, uh, and I'm vocal about it, is, is all the failures that go on. I mean, you know, you, you read, it comes down your feed that somebody raised this and somebody's doing that, and there's a lot of fluff going on. And it's not just in the food and beverage space, it's in every, it's in every vertical. Um, but the reality is 90 something percent of the businesses fail and it's because they either don't know what they're doing uh, they didn't have experience they didn't listen to experience um, and or they just tried to grow too fast and didn't have the ability to do it so i talk about uh going a uh you know sort of an inch wide a mile deep um and so a lot of people who do come to me hey can i ask you a question you know this is what i want to do this something I really do start with the basics, and that is 
All right, you have a product, great. All right, I have a cookie. Okay, you got the cookie. Does it taste good? Good. Does your mama say it tastes good? Good. Okay, now besides your mom telling you it tastes good, because she's usually going to tell you that anyway, why don't you go ask 15 friends who are going to tell you the truth, right? From there, then you can start exploring real sales. Number one is your 15 friends. Are they going to buy it? Not just are they going to buy it. Did they hand over cash, right? So that's obstacle number one to see if you've got something viable. Number two is where I, you know, again, you talk regional play. I have two local supermarkets. I'm actually, I'm in my house. You know, there's one right down the street. It's a local small market for our community here. Um, I can walk in there. I know the guy, right? Can I put my, you know, my puffs in your store? He'll say, yeah, sure, right? And then don't worry, I'll get money later if it sells. Start there. Did they sell? You know, do, do, do people come back for more of it? All right, great. They did. Go to your second store. Go do that again. Duplicate the process. There's ways of growing a business. Um, now, on the flip side of that is just the reality is um, who wants to grow that slow and, and at that pace? Not many. Um, and it's also a very difficult business just to stay consistent with. You're not getting paid and it's just slow. So, you know, again, there's ways to do that small and then take it sort of deeper and regionally where you can add potentially 100 stores or so if you just find a couple, um, you know, a couple smaller chains that are willing to, to ride with you on the, uh, on the onset of the business. Interesting. So when you, for the, the question I want to get to is what has been your biggest win for I1 Organic so far? What's your, is, you know, I know as an entrepreneur, you're, you're always looking for the next win. It's always hard. To, it's sometimes hard to feel like a, like a big success, but objectively so far, what you've built is a pretty incredible success. What do you sort of identify as your biggest win that you've had with I1? Yeah, I talk about small wins all the time. In fact, I'm, I'm actually doing this really cool pro, uh, for another time. Um, I'm doing something really cool around, around small wins because I talk about them all the time. I, I don't, you know, I, I think this is going to be an interesting answer. We're, we're still, you know, we're still around, right? We still have a fighting chance. I think that's a win in itself. You know, we, we often, we, we think so far ahead sometimes, right? And, and when you do that, you, you lose sight of what's happening right now. You know, like what's happening today? I mean, I could I talk about it with my kids and stuff like that, like just small wins. And, you know, my kids have been great today. And I hate to get off topic. My kids have been great today. Like, it's just a, such a win in this house, right? Um, you know, they want to, it's like sometimes it's chaotic, it's, it's especially with what's going on right now. We've been in the house for how, how long? Um, but as far as the, these wins for, for I1, I really say, I mean, we're, we're around. We... We, you know, just launched, someone say, yeah, but didn't you just launch in Sprouts, you know, nationally? Yes, that's a, that's a victory. It's not just a small win, it's a big victory. But the, but the reality is we're here today. You know, we woke up today, we, we got on a phone call this morning and said, let's go tackle a few small wins today. Um, and, and we have like, we, we have a growing, emerging, uh, scaling business. Like, I want to just be all in on that. You know, I want to just be focused on that on what's happening right now. Um, sure, we have a plan, you know, it's not, we don't, we have a plan. We know where we're going. We know where we want to be, you know, but at the same time, your, your wins can come right now. And for us, it's, it's being around, it's, it's being vocal, it's being, you know, pushing our brand every single day and, and, and making it work and, and being really enthusiastic about the stuff that we're doing. 
Very cool. What about your biggest fuck up? What is, I know you say, you've said, you've said that there's a few, I saw a post the other day where you were talking about, think about how much cash you need your, for your business. Now times it by three. And I was wondering if there was a really good fuck up in there somewhere. Oh yeah. It's every day. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm so transparent. Um, I wish I had more energy for you guys. I feel like I need an energy. I just, I just worked out like it was a, a smashed me um so i'm giving you you're pretty damn energetic i'm giving you all that i have right now and i'm I'm pulling for it um that that that's every day um every day there's a you're getting you're getting beat up every day there's you're gonna get punched i'd say punched in the face that's kind of like a term i use but um I say you really, as with anything, you got to be careful with your cash, especially now, right? Nobody, nobody predicted what we're, we've been dealing with for the last couple months, few months now. Um, you've got to be beyond that when you're talking about, you know, managing cash is where, you know, it's where is the outlay going and why is it there? I think it's just being hyper-focused and hypersensitive about, about the different line items in your business. Um, it's not to say that you're not aggressive because you still have to be, you still have to be, you know, willing to take some chances and willing to push the envelope a little bit, but you do need to manage, manage your cash and manage your, your financials, you know, well, um, uh, you know, other, so there's plenty. I mean, we have, you know, we just did another small redesign to our packaging, which sometimes you see full rebrands and the like, but this one small thing, which we're super pumped about. Um, you know, it costs us some money, but they're, but it's minuscule. Like you, you may look at it and go like, ah, I see what they did, but I wonder why they did that. It's because we, we, we really felt the benefit was there. So in hindsight, should we have done that the first go around? Of course, but I could probably say that about 82 different things, uh, you know, on a list of, of, of what if, what, what ifs, right? And, you know, you just can't live like that either. You got to be focused on on sort of the things that are working and, and focused on and grabbing the small wins each day. And that's what we do. Awesome. Um, I, I, I wanted to get to this LinkedIn question now because LinkedIn is a platform that I've never really been, never really used professionally. Uh, starting this new gig with Pilot House, uh, I've really dove into it. And it's the way that I've sort of con- been able to connect to you and a bunch of other great entrepreneurs. I notice every post that you make has sort of dozens or hundreds of, of likes, comments. I, I, I'm curious how you've leveraged LinkedIn uh, to grow your business and if you had any sort of tips on using it. You know, it's interesting. I, um, I really jumped in only like a year ago I, and I'm really glad that I did. It, it's really my go-to social network now. Um, one thing I think is an interesting comment, but I'm, this is off the cuff, is it's because I don't hang out really on the other sites. Um, I stopped, you know, looking at Facebook some time ago. I mean, I'll drift on there once uh, every few days just to sort of see it. But after a minute of myself scrolling, I realized that I really don't like the content on there. Um, There's just so much bullshit on there and and, and negativity. I, you know, uh, and someone say, but aren't those your friends? I go, yeah, they're my friends. Um, And so, um, you know, the, I found myself really enjoying the stuff that's delivered on, on LinkedIn. And one cool thing that I do lean in with, with myself, it's part of being just neurotic in general. Um, and part of my DNA is I knew that when I would go in, that I would stay in. Um, so it wasn't like, I'm going to write a post today. It was, I'm going to write a post every day. Um, and, and I will never not 
Um, and so the only piece of advice I could give there is, and where I would branch to this is, and because people now ask me or come to me, is you just have to be yourself. Um, you can't think, there's not one post I ever thought about the day before, not one. I, when I write a post or I upload something, it's literally off the cuff that minute. Um, pre, you know, if you start thinking too much, it's like with anything in life, right? If you start thinking too much, um, I think it's ineffective. I also think it's not as true to yourself. Um, and so that's been my theme. I just, I'm super transparent. People who know me before LinkedIn or now, they knew me like that anyway. I'm just an all in, all honest, to, to, to sometimes to a fault, to be honest. Um, and it. so I just, that's, that's the content that I deliver. And my only point is those that like it, or appreciate it or, or want to listen, they'll come. Those that don't, they don't like it, they won't, they'll, they'll see it and then they won't come back for more. And that's totally cool. That's the main piece to it. You are to connect with people that resonate with you. It's not for everybody, right? It's not for everybody. It's, it's delivering content that has value to somebody. For me, I say if it's had value for one person, that's fantastic. And that's the that's the main theme that people should take for it. Very, cool. very cool. How, how much, how much do you use LinkedIn to actually grow the business? I mean, obviously right, right now you're B2B. I mean, that's your business. I would imagine. Um, it's gotta be critical that you reach out to more people. Like we, we have this podcast, we share it on Facebook. A lot of our brand owners are on Facebook looking how to be better Facebook uh, media buyers, that kind of thing, how to build their marketing. Um, so we get a huge amount of business off this podcast directly. Do you find the same with uh, your content on LinkedIn? That's a good question. I don't know yet, but I could, I, in terms of like, what does the number really look like? Or, you know, how deep is, does it really get? But I could say, I've had some retail opportunities come to me, come to me, come to us, right? Come to I Want Organics because yeah. of LinkedIn. Yeah. And it was the first time when a buyer messaged me. That, that never that doesn't happen. Do you know how difficult it is to get a buyer's appointment just to even get the buyer messaged me? And I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. And, but at the same time, I was, you know, I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I gotta tell you, I think it reverts back to the other thing that I mentioned, which was I think the buyer had an affinity to me, right? He's like, I like this guy. Yeah, that's what I hope, right? I mean, I'm just being optimistic. But like, again, go read my post. People know that they're like, this guy is fucking delivering honesty. And you know, if that brings a buyer to have had a second one since then, and then um, I, I believe that I believe that there's a lot to say about that, specifically maybe in food and beverage too. Um, there. Um, it doesn't have to be so mundane, you know. You could build a, you could build something really cool by always being yourself, being honest, and being truthful. And I think things happen for a reason. Now, as far as direct to consumer, um, I, I don't know. I do know that people message me also with that just ind independently and say, "I just ordered some of your snacks." So I do know it, people have done that before. But again, it's not the intent of it. The intent is to deliver value. Um, to to people who are who are who are on LinkedIn each day, and I hope that it you know captures someone's attention and you know and, and does something for them. Yeah, yeah. on that note, Mark, 
I was hoping to maybe hijack the, the conversation a little bit towards that direct-to-consumer space. Um, I'm, I'm super bullish when it comes to direct-to-consumer, you know, consumer packaged goods, right? Because of my own, when you speak from that place of authenticity, I see it in my own life that I want my cupboard full of your snacks as opposed to the snacks that are available at the, re the local retailer. And if I can snap my finger and have that delivered to me, and put that on autopilot, like that is an easy behavioral change that just recently, I, I, I put this here, you can see, there's this brand called Bear. Yeah. Uh, it's literally, the ingredients are bananas, right? It's literally just baked bananas and they're chips. And to me, I can order a 12 pack, I can put it in the, in the cupboard and I can always have them available at all times. It's almost a change of psychology, a change of behavior. And if your paid media or organic uh, efforts can help change people's behaviors by telling your story and basically saying there's a better way, you don't have to rely on your weekly grocery shops to have that food available. You can simply order and supply uh, and, and have it at all times to make the good decisions easy. You know, that's, that's an area that I'm just fired up about. So when I, when I was on your About Us page, and I read your sort of our story talking about, I'm, I'm just gonna read this out here. Um, we call ourselves I won because we believe most people don't exactly feel like they win when it comes to food. And that's, that's especially true when it comes to snacking, right? When you reach up into the, into the cupboard for a snack food, it's almost always a junk food. And, and you just feel like defeated after. You're like, man, like I was on a, a good track record up until that point. I, I make sure I have a good breakfast. I make sure I have a good lunch. But when it comes to that afternoon craving time, I almost always throw my day away. And so when it comes to direct to consumer, you, I think the challenge becomes how do we change behaviors ultimately to have the, the cupboard stocked full of a healthy product instead of a, a junk product. And as soon as you have a consumer buy into that belief that the cupboard should always be stocked with the good choice, then you've got customers for life. And all of a sudden the, the CPAs work, the, the LTVs work. You know, the challenge being it's a, it's a $24, uh, yeah, $24 order. I mean, just the cost per acquisition gain becomes very difficult un unless we can have people become customers for life. Does that kind of make, that kind of makes sense with that, that line of thinking? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, the world you're in, right? That's direct to consumer. So sure, I mean, um, everybody wants to be in, if they have a snack company or a food company, they want to be in your cabinet, right? They want to be in everybody's cabinet. Um, it's not reality. And so that, that's what makes it easier for, for me and for us as a brand. We, we want to be in your cabinet because we, we, we know we have a, a healthier, better for you, better tasting snack uh, option that you know tastes like something you're familiar with and here's how it's made and it's organic and it's by people like us right you know I'm just the dude from from California and I've got an amazing team of people who have been there from the beginning and we love what we're doing that's the story you know it's all we can do um, and you know we're gonna compete out there with the with others who are in our space or in similar verticals. And 
Um, and it's something we enjoy doing too. I enjoy competing. So um, how you get there, that's, you know, your business, if we're talking direct to consumer, um, does it work? That I can't tell you. Every, every brand is different. Every brand hopefully has tried um, to pursue direct to consumer, tried to see what an acquisition cost looks like, uh, tried to see if they can make back that acquisition cost over time and see if they have some lifetime value. There's, that's your business. Um, we, as you can tell, I mean, I know, I know the space and, um, sure. It's all I, good. I, I think that the piece that, that, that Dave was sort of getting at there too, and something that we sort of specialize in is that ability to tell that story ahead of before they get to your site. So like your site is there to show this is the product. This is what it's made of. The, the, the beauty with direct to consumer that we find with products like this is that ability to put something in front of the, the store that is sort of like a personal story. And I, we actually had our, our team take a look at the offer and come up with a few ideas for angles uh, ahead of time. And the one that really resonated with me was th this idea of like someone writing a blog post about a 30 day chip challenge. Like I literally will eat uh, a bag of chips a week, pretty much. I have a bag of chips in my, you know, in my, in my cupboard a week. And I would just like to know if, and, and honestly, I, I like, it's, it's a love hate relationship with chips because it's like, I have a hard time not eating the whole bag. And I always feel like shit after I always feel like shit in the morning. I have this weird feeling in my gut with all these little, it's not great. So I feel like if you could get a blog post of someone just being like taking a 30 day chip challenge of just like, this is what I ate. It's, you know, making that healthy choice again and again. Uh, I could just see that being a big win and, and actually like helping convince people on, you know, on your site to, to be ready to make that purchase. But go back, tell us a little bit about your, uh, obviously your sales. I just saw a recent thing on LinkedIn that just that showed how you guys had a small dip during shelter in place when people weren't grocery shopping as much. But sort of since then, it's been, it's been through the roof. Talk about that a little bit and talk about your e-commerce efforts that have happened more or less organically. Uh, yeah, we, we saw, um, we were scaling well at our retail partners and then we were on, had onboarded a couple more um, natural and conventional retail partners uh, right at the beginning of the uh, shelter in place. So the timing wasn't great, but at least we, you know, as with anything, we, we sort of looked at the, at the plus of it that we got it done. Um, and so there was a softening um, at store level for late March through April. And then as May hit, People, you know, you can feel it specifically. You can feel it, people starting to get out a little more. They're not as rushed in the shopping, um, uh, in, the, in the, you know, the, the store. Um, and so they're also not stockpiling things that did make sense early in, in SIP, which was comfort foods, um, things that aren't as healthy for you, uh, legacy brands, inexpensive uh, products, um, all made sense. I respect that. I totally get it. Um, but now that that's kind of gone, gone, gone away, and there's been you know a little bit more of a of a, of a reset here, um, we're starting to see our sales in store go back up, and that's that's great. We're very very thankful for that. Um, again, we're, we're a healthy, better for you option, and that's you know our, our our focus. The foundation of it is immunity, right? I mean, don't you you want to be healthy, and how do you get there? It's 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 what you're doing in the kitchen as I always say. So uh, with that said, that's our, our in-store um, uh, preview. And then direct to consumer, as you can imagine, yeah, we saw a lift there right away. 
Um, our makeup for direct to consumers mainly Amazon. So we're like 95% Amazon uh, and we love it. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not one that, that plays that card of, oh, but what happens if you don't, you don't own the data? You don't own, sure. You could, depending on what position you take, you can say a hundred things. But the thing is we have a growing business there. We have a great um, team that, that manages it for us. Uh, and we, you know, as far as the, the, um, the products that we offer there, we originally only had our single serves, which of course come in an eight count and the numbers made sense and the like. Um, and then we launched two exclusive mixed case options, which have been exploding. And then the big piece is what just happened this week. So just coincidentally that we're talking about it, why we'll probably get another lift and really build a big direct-to-consumer businesses that we're offering our five ounce. So we never offered our five ounce bags uh, on any direct-to-consumer um, platform, including our own, and we're now doing it on Amazon. So what does that do? People say, well, what's the difference? Well, because there's a big group of consumers who are looking for more value. Some appreciate and want the single serve, which also makes sense, but there is the group of people um, it's why a Costco does so well, right? You're talking about lowering your cost per ounce. And so that's what we just did. So we believe we're going to go get a whole other um, uh, consumer base um, online in the coming weeks and months. And we think we could double um, double our growth like within the next 30, 30 to 60 days, um, depending on how quickly we can scale that out and stuff like that. I think that's super interesting. I think you're probably right about that. I, I we, we t you know, we always take a look at our, our guest ads before we come on. And I saw that all of your Facebook ads are currently, they're all sort of, they're retail focused, right? They're all about going, you know, find us at Kroger's, find us at this store. Have you done any experimentation yet in direct to consumer, direct to your store? We don't spend any money. And the stuff that you've seen, um, that's actually just a lot of it's been on pause. We, we, um, we spend some money, um, on the retail focused ads, that's to support retail. And we've actually made a small change there, which is going to be soon, soon to be in effect, which is they need to come to a landing page so that we can collect emails. Um, that's anybody who's watching this, hopefully that's just a you know, free piece of advice. And again, take mine or not. It is, I'm just trying to offer um, value. Um, is that those ads, because we do, again, it's to support our retail partners. I wanna show that we're at Kroger. Uh, then I can specifically geo, you know it again, I can specifically geo-target that east, you know, that east area and, and stuff like that, or Sprouts and Whole Foods and SoCal and Safeway here and that type of ad. But we wanted, we do wanna try to capture some, some information. So we're gonna send them to a landing page. It's gonna capture an email. Now, with that said, as far as the question about have we done direct to consumer to our website? We've had a generic ad, general ad that drove them to the website. It never got a return the way we wanted to see it. Um, did we go all in on it? Not yet. So my, my comment would be, and it would be unfair to say whether or not we had success or fail. We just haven't gone all in on it yet. We haven't given it fair shake. And, you know, when that time happens, I, I'm not quite sure yet. 
Interesting. Yeah. No, I, th I think you're, I think when you are able to go to, to direct to consumer to the Shopify store with the right strategy, I think, it, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in that it could be have a real doubling effect on things. Cause it just, I think we're in this era. It's funny. I talk to different people every day who have even products that aren't unique, even pro like, you know, we, we have, I, I can't give away niches here, but we have, I have some friends who've just created a, you know, a, a funnel that goes direct to the right audience for a product that's for sale everywhere. Uh, but because they do it in the right way with the right content, it just blows up. Can you talk a little bit about the Amazon strategy? Just go back to that a little bit. So you guys are growing there like crazy. It sounds like yeah. you're, you're changing your product offering to, uh, you know, reach different size bags to reach different size people or different types of people. Um, what are you doing on the ad side there? Is you have a team Not dedicated much. to not, Not much. much. I know it's another one. That's another interesting one. Um, so yeah, we're not changing our skew skew mix. Um, we're just adding to it okay. just because yeah. we've seen it, it working. So the first ad was going into a variety pack, which we should have done a long time ago. Yeah. You know, we got a, a vegan variety pack, and then we have an, another variety pack. It's actually already climbed. The first variety pack we threw up there was only a few months ago. It's already our number two skew. So that works. So there's some value for somebody if they, they haven't done a uh, yeah. variety pack yet. Um, number two is adding the bigger bag. So you just get more value. Uh, and it's not going to be for, they'll be like, well, aren't you going to cannibalize? And no, because people who like the single serves, they like them for multiple reasons. It's kind of like me. I mean, it's on the go and you don't have a five ounce, but then there's a whole family like us too, that could have a five ounce, you know, a few five ounce bags up in their cabinet. So, totally. um, as far as ads, um, no, we don't, we haven't spent a ton because we didn't like where the A cost was getting and um, it wasn't, it, it wasn't making that much sense. However, again, this isn't for, for everybody because you can cut it 10 ways. If you want to spend a bunch of money and you want to capture a customer because you believe that they're going to come back, you can and you should. It just depends on where you're allocating your cash. Yeah. Um, so, so people who are watching this where they are, are saying, well, yeah, but can't you just spend $10,000 a month and then just go get a lot more customers? Sure, of course. I mean, if I, if I wanted to do 100000 I'm just using numbers, right? If I wanted yeah. to do $100,000 a month, you can't. You, you, you can, and um, you can do it a, a couple of different ways. One is you can buy them. You can buy the sales. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where there's also a lot of confusion. It's also why we talk about why companies go out of business and, and the like. Um, if you're heavily funded uh, and you have investors who understand this, this, the metrics and understand this type of e-com play, uh, that's another thing. You, know, you, can, you can pay to play. Um, and uh, it may be a strategy for us as we continue to evolve and get better and the like, because we also do know our return rate. Um, yeah. I posted that before, you know, we got 40% of our uh, customers on Amazon come back again. That's a good number. So um, it's like 42%. So anyway, that's my answer to that. No, we don't spend, we don't spend on ads. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I was, um, I was talking to another potential client a while back and they had a, it was a vegan supplement or something. Um, and, and they were, they were banging their head against the walls trying to get this, you know, uh, the supplement going with pretty generic keywords. And they went to, um, I wanted to ask you about this. They, they, they ended up trying the keto keyword, right? Because their, 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 their supplement was 
uh, ketogenic or it works in the diet. And it just blew it up. It blew it up to the point where, you know, they're getting 10 X return on ad spend. Um, and it, it, do you find that with, with I want, like do you, you obviously it's, 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 is it vegan? Is, it's vegetarian or vegan? vegan Major, right? Majority of our flavors are vegan. Uh, okay. 90% of our products are vegan. Yeah. I mean, have you found these other, like keto has been just this insane trend in the food industry, as I'm sure you, you know, you're more aware than I am. Um, have you guys latched onto that and seen growth what, off that? What's, what's keto? <laughs> I'm not a fan of FYI. I, I, I say that. I, That's fair. I, I talk about that too. I'm not, I'm not a fan of low to no carb uh, eating or diet strategies. But, but again, more power to you. Again, this is for everybody. This is just my take. Totally. I'm into, yeah. uh, um, into balanced uh, eating, eating fats and carbohydrates and healthy ones and stuff like that. But with that said, the answer is yes, because you know it too. There's software now. It's for nothing. You know, it's cheap software now that can deliver you on what keywords could potentially work for you and your strategy. Exactly. Uh, I don't know specifically which ones we've thrown out, I'm sure, uh, because we are, you know, our carb, our carb levels could be deemed as, you know, lower carbs and substance, especially if you're not going to eat a whole bag. Um, so sure, certain keywords like that are going to work for, for some um, more than others. And also, if you're just, you know, sort of, sort of lucky and you found yourself, um, found yourself some good leads that way, that's fantastic. Nice. I wanted to ask briefly about your influencer strategy. Because again, you mentioned, I read in another one of your interviews that, that uh, influencers were a big part of the growth of the brand. And again, almost every time we deal with influencers, we're talking about influencers that go direct to consumer. We're using uh, whitelisted launches where we're promoting the posts through their accounts, things like that. Can you talk a little bit about your influencer strategy and how it worked for retail? Um, yeah, uh, we, I've been in, uh, because of the health space, I had a couple sport bags, uh, bag companies before this. So I, I, I know that type of environment really well. Um, so I, we call them, um, we call them party partners in the sense that they're, um, they're, they get product from us and then they deliver content in any fashion that they like. Um, we have a big, uh, influencer group, um, a big number and we, um, are really good at it. And I'll tell you why. One is our product is legit. I mean, it's just, I don't, I say this, I, I say it because I'm a, a brand owner and the, the like, but like legitimately they, the product tastes amazing. Um, the second piece is it's nutritionally sound for all the right reasons. It's none of this like diet jargon stuff. It's just made from real foods, ones you know and you can pronounce and you get it. So when you couple that and you go, all right, let me give it to some people who we believe will like it, it works. The second piece to it is we don't ask them for anything. Um, I don't, I'm not into you need to post. You need to give us story. I think that's lame, straight up. Um, and I think people like that. I think they, um, they, I think they appreciate the fact that I'm like, take these snacks. You want to hook us up and give us some love, do it. And I will tell you that, um, it works very well for us. The other thing is I know most of these people, they don't get an email from, uh, from my associate. They get an email from me. You know, um, I'll give you 
I'll give you some, you know, some advice, like say hi to them every so often, you know, like, like what, what you right? Uh, I, you know, it's, it's funny. You, some would be like, well, of course. So no, most people don't, they don't, they don't even recognize that the partnership there, they'll get an email from me saying, I'm just checking in to say hi. Um, you know, you gotta be real. And, um, I think that there's a lot of value to, and, and you should be leaning heavily into that type of, of, of thinking and that type of um, just just style uh, if you want to have true long long standing partnerships. Nice. Okay, last question here. If you had 50K, just a 50K grant given to you uh, right now, what part of your business would you put it into in order to accelerate things? Uh, that's good. Um, I would say you want to continue to do promotion. So we call it trial. Um, so with our retail partners, um, you're going to want to and need to continue to do promotions, whether, whether we're going through this type of thing now or not. But the thing that uh, most uh, emerging brands uh, are sacrificing right now is the trial piece because you can't get demos going. So you've got to figure out how else can I get a customer at you know point of sale to try the product, and oftentimes it's promotion. Um, and then it's you know with your business, you'd want me to say put it throw it up you know throw it up against direct to consumer. I'm not saying we wouldn't do that either. I'd say that there's a big piece um, that you should be looking at too in, in terms of trial. Maybe we do go back to that uh, DTC play to the website, right? Maybe we take ten thousand. We get very strategic about you know who it's being pointed at in terms of demo and uh, driving a really great funnel and the like and seeing if we can turn something there. Is there a trial play to be happened that could happen direct to consumer? Or is that just to, you'd have, you know, you'd have, you'd have to come up with a, a smaller variety pack or something. That, that was something else that came from our team was, is there that opportunity to capture an email, capture a small form or something and actually send out a, a, a small sample? Do they have to, do they, are they, is it free? Well, you could do free, you could do free plus shipping, I imagine, but it would be, you basically just, you'd want to cover your costs with the trial. I, I'd say customers should probably take me up on when markets really uh, generous because I do it all the time. I, 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 I give away free bags all the time and I'll, I have a direct link that I send out to people and I go, Hey, I'm hooking you up with a free bag today. Fill this out. They don't do any, they don't pay for anything. I put it in this beautiful box, single box we made and we ship it to them. So that's one piece of the trial. The second piece is if you want to get, you know, really, you know, try to actually grow something from the direct to consumer. So it's not a wild, you know, throw out there. Um, sure. Maybe there's a, here's three single serve bags, right. Um, for two bucks, you know, I mean, whatever it may be. And, and you're right. You collected their email. Uh, you drove in maybe a couple maybe a thousand, you know, trial, you know, trial prospects there and see of those thousand, you know, can you get a good percentage of them uh, back to actually buy? It's a, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know the answer. Yeah. I think, I think it'd be something interesting to consider, especially with like a novel product, right? That, that, especially one that you're also so confident in the quality of it. I wanted to ask, what's your favorite flavor? You know, right now it's the Korean barbecue. Ooh, that's good. Uh, it's, it is an amazing flavor profile. Um, that's, that's too funny because I have, I'm a, a chip connoisseur. My brother actually hosts a yearly event called chips and people bring chips from all over the world and they give out the worst chip, the best chip, the, the chip that's traveled the farthest. 
And the one that won last year was Korean barbecue because I was like, I am so sick of barbecue. I've had so many different flavors of barbecue. You cannot reinvent the barbecue wheel. And then Korean barbecue comes through and just blows my mind. So that's awesome yeah. to hear. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Now is the part of the show that we all have to look at our cameras and make a face for our YouTube frame. Are we ready? Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> Okay. That's perfect. Thanks so much. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the hot seat today. This was a lot of fun. We learned a lot about, about this kind of business and uh, yeah, thanks so much again. We'll see you on LinkedIn. I appreciate it guys. You have a great day. Mark, we'll really appreciate it, man. It was excellent meeting you. Lots of knowledge coming out of that. It's great. We'll be no hitting problem. you up about those samples because we're about to get back into our <laughs> office it. in the next coming I'm weeks. I'm serious. And this I, office has no snacks. Do not be shy. Just I, um, on the email, just each of you put your, if you can't throw it on the same one, your, your addresses and my, my associate will send them out. Hell That's yeah. Awesome. Man. Love it. We're getting sent to the office. All right, cheers. We missed the, the space launch, but it's because it got okay. It got back. scrubbed. It didn't happen. It got... Uh, it got held up due to weather, so. Yeah, it never, usually I don't think it does. No, totally. Okay, thanks guys. <laughs> See you guys. Later, guys. Later, guys. Later, guys.